Welcome to the Venari podcast. My name is Tom Woods, and today, once again, we'll be talking about all things digital transformation. Today, I'll be speaking to Ria. Ria is an accomplished digital lead. She's formerly of eBay, Aviva, Paper Chase, and currently an interim director at Monsoon Accessorize. Ria, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for the invitation. No, no problems at all. Thank you very much for accepting. And so wanted to start off by talking about digital and customer experience from a, a strategy perspective. So I wanted to find out what are the key strategies that you implement for, for digital transformation um, and how can they be applied across different industries? And, and really interestingly as well for yourself, how is that different as a consultant or an interim versus a, as a permanent employee? So I think Taking the first one, I, I'm a fairly simple person and I and I tend to think that, you know, the, the, tool, the toolkit is the toolkit, right? Regardless of industry, I've been in financial services, I've been in hair care, I've been in media, you know, the, the toolkit is the toolkit. And, and for me, that is about starting with the customer and starting with data. Mm. And I think a lot of people will think about customer and think about it as something that kind of sits potentially in kind of an ops box or, or, mm. or not necessarily intrinsic to the um, the strategy or that you might have kind of a business strategy and a customer strategy. But my start point is is it's one and the same. Delighting customers or, or, or correcting for their pain points um, is the thing that, that kind of drives the revenue. So my start point is always kind of that, that end-to-end audit of the data available and then gap filling and, and being really, really crisp about what customers want what they need and, and how that fits with with your offer. So um, starting with the data is, is always super mm-hmm. crucial for me in terms of building that roadmap out. And then I guess the second thing is really um, building confidence in the plan. So again, you know, people tend to think at times of strategy as kind of having this, you know, like it starts with a big S, you know, mm-hmm. it's not God, it's, you know, we're not a president. It, it's just, it's a, it's a thing. It's a business planning tool that helps you achieve your, your goals. So um, for me, strategy is very much kind of a living, breathing thing. And that means you've got to kind of have a, a roadmap that's both fast and slow. Fast delivering on things quickly and building confidence in the business and in the strategy and long um so so definitely a two-speed strategy but firmly rooted in in customer and data and then i think to answer your second question i i guess i go back to my first answer which is the toolkit the toolkit um and as an interim the difference may be that um you may be doing a role that's more about babysitting and holding the baby you might be doing one that's more transformational so i think establishing that up front uh with with whoever the client is uh, the employer but also um, kind of assessing what's there on the ground as well is really key. Um, it's easy to overreach. My mm. my inclination will always be to turn up and kind of dust off the strategy and rework it, and that might that might not be the brief. So so I guess yeah, for me the the, the approach will be the same, um, mm. but the time period might be truncated, and also the scope of the work. Yes, no, definitely, and I'm really interested there about the data. In terms of that, obviously, you, you, you are key in terms of the insight at, at eBay. Where do you start with the data, especially when you are looking at, I mean, such a massive pool or you're coming in where, where the strategy needs to be reset almost? Most people would say start with what's there to see what you've got. And I wholeheartedly approve of that. Mm. Uh, I think what's really important, though, is also to be very honest about what's not there. There's a there's an enormous belief um, in a lot of C-suites that, you know, we've got tons and tons of data and there must be some magic in there. If only we could track what we've got, then we'll crack it. 
Well, actually, yes and no. A lot of businesses have got a lot of online data. It's not necessarily going to give you everything that you need to, to, to write a strategy. And, and that's sometimes where the external data, market data, customer insight comes in. Um, and of course, not everyone has brilliantly clean or warehouse data. So yeah, it's um, starting from what's there is a, is a great approach, mm. uh, but also is augmenting quickly the gaps that are there. Yes. Um, and then moving on to kind of team building and especially kind of post-COVID kind of hybrid working patterns. For you, what is key in terms of building a, a successful digital team? And how has that maybe changed or, or not changed, in your opinion, since we've kind of got this more hybrid approach, especially after after COVID? I consider myself quite lucky in the sense that when you've worked for a, a huge global uh, and, mm. and I was in a you know a, a regional team um, but had a huge amount of stakeholders globally in, in this in the states when I was at eBay but but also actually at Aviva you know Aviva whilst mostly UK based is is multi-sited so you know for eight years of my time eBay and, and Aviva remote working was just normal you know <laughs> you got on conference calls you might be speaking to someone in Switzerland you might be speaking to someone in you know, in Norwich. So um, I, I guess I was pretty lucky in that, that that kind of that big jolt didn't really happen to me. And, and I was used to working with people across uh, across markets and in different time zones. So um, I think I probably have a much rosier view of, of, of multi-sited working uh, than, a, than a lot of a lot of uh, clients mm. um, what I would say, though, is, you know, if you if you can't make a team work at least semi-remotely, then then that's probably an unproductive and, and low trust team. And so I guess for me, building that trust is is really important. That's a non-negotiable. So, um, you know, that's about regular check-ins. It's about one-to-ones. It is also, though, about making sure the team know each other yeah. uh, and they can relate to each other. Uh, and that doesn't necessarily happen uh, remotely so I am a great fan of you know off-sites workshops anything innovation related it, it really has to be it really has to be face to face so um yeah I think you know it, it can absolutely be made to work and I've loved working um working remotely with with, with lots of different teams uh but it does certainly require I think a bit more effort and when you are hiring I guess you are quite conscious of that bring people in it it might take a little bit more effort or a bit more work how do you make that assessment naturally you'd, you'd still want to bring someone in but the first two or three times you meet them is, is, is probably remotely so how, how do you personally I guess ensure that, that you're getting the right fit for, for you it's a really interesting one isn't it and um you know it's 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 it, it, it's such an intangible that's mm. really difficult uh, I mean, I guess as a start point, if it's easy enough, if you're running a remote team, someone's got to have enough screen presence or comfort, you know, to be able to have a normal conversation like this, you know, mm. as remotely as, as as is needed, because, you know, that that's always going to be a, a requirement of the job. That being said, no one's obviously ever themselves completely when they're on interviews. So I always like to give candidates a task and that will at least show how they present both kind of in written form and when they're naturally more kind of you know uh, uh, on show so 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 yeah I always think a task is, is really important certainly at a certain level um but yeah I mean there's other ways it's 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 kind of a you know we're mammals at the end of the day and we're hardwired to want to read someone's body language and be around them and kind of you know but but actually you know there are other ways of assessing um someone's 
interpersonal skills how they interact by email what they do with linkedin afterwards you know their body language when they're speaking so so i think it's more important for leaders to attune to that when they're hiring but also in the day job um i i found i think as probably a lot of people did that if you really kind of tune into your empathetic street you can learn an awful lot about how someone's feeling um, from how they carry themselves and their expressions you don't necessarily need to be in the same room and sort of looking ahead and, and sort of coming to, to to the end and wrapping up when we look at the future of digital transformation and, and customer experience what do you see as being the the next big thing or, or, or the future omnichannel isn't new but mm. it's still very far from cracked um, and I think for businesses that hope to have a physical presence you know a thriving physical presence in in the next you know 10 years omni is is the is is the answer to, to, to cracking that and i'm actually seeing kind of omnichannel leader roles coming up now and I, I think that can only be a positive thing the days when there's kind of a retail director over there doing shops and a digital director over here doing um you know doing the digital stuff is, is fantastic but ultimately I think perhaps as the customer experience moves on and Omni becomes um, the norm rather than the exception, I could see those roles actually merging over time, you know, almost more like an old school ops director. And then I guess on that front, I do see certainly that, um, you know, as more and more experiences, both marketing and CS become digital, that the CMO and digital roles could end up merging. Um, the chief customer officer and digital roles could, 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 yeah. could merge. Yeah. And that's only to the good. So I think there's a few things coming out of that kind of customer experience evolution that, that mm. will have an impact on, on, on what, what, what leader roles do. And I think um, one of the things that I'm also seeing is the merging of trade aspects of e-com in particular with that kind of strategy and digital marketing. And, and actually, they tend, those leaders tend to come up from different tracks. So um, there's, there's, there's a gap, I think, you know, and there's still, a, there's still a tendency to kind of think of CDOs as kind of they do the IT and then they do a bit of digital stuff and they're, they're kind of nerds and sort of yeah. the real trade, trade goes on over here, you know, how we mm -hmm. make money those roles i think will come together so it's certainly going to be interesting i think from a talent and uh, and development roadmap over the next few years ai you look open source ai um isn't going to change the world for business professionals you know if you're client a and i'm client b we've all got the same source of data right if it's open source no competitive advantage for clients who have big proprietary data systems that are well warehoused, cared for and easily accessible, um, that's going to be a game changer. But I, I think there are fewer of those clients right now than um, than we think there are. Yeah, that's that's the challenge, really, making sure the data is actually clean and in the right place before you use it. But that's that's all we've got time for. But thank you very much for joining me today. Thanks, Tom.